0: Hey, I'm Michael Dorinda, and I'm Jake Bennett. And in this episode, Thomas discusses the best way to make a sandwich without the government finding out. John discusses coding on no sleep and covered in baby vomit. And Maddie Lance and Sean Maisie's Crash Eric's podcast for a change.
1: This is PHP Ugly, episode fifty-two. I like it.
2: Nice. That's awesome. All All right, for all my all the we're we're international today. We got people in Australia, people, I think we have every time zone in America covered. Uh, we got uh, Jacob Bennett uh, from uh, Laraville News over, you're in Chicago, Jacob?
1: Yeah, just a little bit south of Chicago, yep, you got
0: it.
2: Yeah, so it's, I, it's super late for you. We got Michael Durenda, close? Yeah, is it nice, close? you got it.
0: That is close, that is great.
2: <laughs> <laughs> over in Australia, what t- what time is it for you right now?
0: Uh, it is quarter past four in the afternoon on Friday.
2: Got my buddy Matt from Layer Chat Live up in Canada. It, which, it, what time is it for you right now, Matt?
3: Twelve forty-five. Twelve forty-five. Oh my gosh! We're all Late.
2: over the country. I right was now. complaining. This is
3: awesome.
2: <laughs> 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 so, so for, for the Americans on on here, is it just me or is anybody else craving a bloomin' onion right now? Just mm. <laughs> I
4: wasn't. I'll, thanks.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't know if there's a time I'm not craving a Blooming Onion. Those this things is are very delicious.
2: True. Very true. So we got a special show today. We are, we're recording PHP Ugly. It's episode 52. It's representing one year of us recording a podcast on a fairly weekly basis. I think there was one week when Thomas was moving that we had to uh, skip. But besides that we've pretty much hit uh every week for the last year some and, of us have uh, some of yeah john's <laughs> a part-timer
5: <laughs> and
2: uh as a as a special thanks for listening we, we actually brought some talent on the show today <laughs> <laughs> who
6: is the talent yeah who is the yeah. talent <laughs> again
2: it's so we'll you gotta fight
6: that out yourselves
2: <laughs> so i I got you guys here I, I gotta ask you, how's uh Laravel news going that's i mean that's a huge thing you guys taking over one of the biggest podcasts, probably aside from the actual laraville podcast and the laraville community Laraville news has gotta be like second you know right up there how How's that been going for you guys
0: Michael i'll let you start okay yeah yeah it's it's been really good um in terms of you know really picking up where um eric and and Jack left off that was sort of umming and ahhing about continuing on in the new year um eric's mentioned he doesn't really like speaking um and so you know when he mentioned to me that they was sort of thinking about not continuing it i said to jake look we've got to we've got to pick this up because i think it's really important not everyone is keeping up with all the podcasts and all the news and and i think Laravel news is a good way just to like bite size that into half an hour and just sort of distill everything that's happening so um yeah it it worked out really well um i've been enjoying it it's it's been great to you know further stick the claws into the the laravel community and and speak to new people and yeah been been really enjoying it yeah man it's um it was really kind of intimidating at first you know just
1: i remember when we very first started our own podcast it was intimidating like nobody was listening to it and it was still like as soon as we start recording like the nerves would hit you like uh, uh, and uh going on Laravel news even with like Eric and uh Jack for the first time it was really nerve-wracking and so uh you were like oh this is going to be like the one of the biggest podcasts and like I just try not to think about that because <laughs> uh you know like if i think of like uh my my list of qualifications it's like i there are certainly a lot more a lot of other people who are far more qualified than i am to do the show who could be doing it but uh for sure the imposter yeah, I mean, it's syndrome been hits fun, very hard
0: what's that the imposter syndrome hits quite hard. Oh, it does.
1: It really does. And the, the other thing that's been really cool, though, has been um, a lot of recent instances where I've been working on something and um, I've, I have found like different places to use some of the new features that I've been learning pretty much because I have to do Laravel News every two weeks. So I have to know everything that's going on. Uh, So it's like, oh, this would be a great place to use that new tap collection method or uh, that new uh, where method on the, you know, on the collection class or, um, you know, I I have to like try and find spots to use components in my blade templates or things like that so that I can talk about them like somewhat semi intelligently on the show. So it's been a a good challenge to keep up with the stuff and it's been really beneficial even in my day job. So yeah, it's uh, been really, really fun.
2: See, that's one of the things that set you guys apart from us. We don't try to be intelligent at all. We just, <laughs> we yeah. just talk.
4: We go into it drunk and unprepared. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, I think uh, it, it was funny. When we started doing the podcast, I I, I always recorded with the assumption nobody, nobody was going to listen to it. Mm-hmm. Nobody was ever going to listen to it. And it, it got to be very natural to, to do the, the podcast on a weekly basis because it, it was kind of like a moment of venting, kind of talking through everything you've come across through the week. And then at some point throughout, throughout the year, p- people like started listening. And it was so cool because you would get notifications on Twitter, you know, people reaching out to you, talking to you, correcting mistakes that you've made in the show and <laughs> people reaching out to me on uh, Slack on the, on the layer chat Slack channel. And we just like, have to oh, figure out how to trap. get
6: We have to figure out how to get clients not to listen. Because yeah. we often talk a lot of crap.
4: Well, if you talk about them, then they're no longer clients.
2: No,
6: usually. No, that's yeah. not true.
4: <laughs> but
6: plenty of times we talk about current clients. We
0: try to keep names out of it, though. Yeah, as long as you leave names out of it, you'll be fine.
2: Protect the innocent. So Matt, what about you, my friend? See Matt's always quiet. See, he drives me crazy. Even with Blair Chat Live, he just—he's like the pretty face. He just sits there.
3: <laughs> That's because I, I do my best to be a good listener, and uh, and you know develop my talking points so that they are well timed and well tuned, even though most of them are not. And then I go on long, pointless drivel about this, that, and the other, like I am right now.
6: So you've got my role, but on
3: your show. (laughs) Well, it's like, you know, uh, Jacob's talking about how, you know, he didn't really necessarily feel like he's an expert per se, or that there's more qualified people to be doing podcasts and stuff. I have no idea why. I've been involved in any of these shows. I feel like I just show up, smile a whole bunch, and then feel like, yeah, let's have Matt come on again. I'm like, yeah, okay, sure. Funny.
1: <laughs> hey, I don't. So I was gonna say, Eric, I know you had kind of, kind of kind of sent out a list of of notes that you kind of wanted to talk through. Uh, so one of the ones that I was looking at was your um, there was that library for PHP. Was it intelligent learning or machine learning machine or something learning, like yeah. that? Yeah, and yeah. so I was actually, I was just kind of clicking through everybody's Twitter profiles and Matt, it looked like maybe, I don't know if that's something that you're interested in or something that you do kind of on a daily basis. I was I was curious to hear, I was like, which one of the guys is going to take this on and explain this to me because I just don't, I, I don't know enough about it. There's a guy that I work with, one of my junior developers, who's really, really into this and uh, I'm trying to figure out uh, where I could use it. Um, I think it could be really valuable if I learned some of the stuff. But just even looking at the library that uh, that Eric that you had sent out, and you can link up in the show notes, I'm sure. Um, just like, where are some areas that you use that, or or uh, what's your experience been with that so far?
3: So I stumbled onto that thing a long while ago, back like I think it was shortly after it first got released or whatever, and I started tinkering with parts of it. And I've like I'm not by any stretch highly knowledgeable of machine learning practices or, or optimal techniques for it. But I've read a handful of stuff and I've listened to a lot of audio books to talk about machine learning and stuff. And it really, what everything about machine learning in my mind boils down to is, is what data do you have and what are you actually trying to derive from your data? I mean, the techniques are pretty much all going to be, you know, within a, within a short spectrum of each other. I mean, uh, what's there was one I was playing with the naive Bayes structure is the one I've played with the most because it's the one where I look at it I'm like oh I think I get what that's doing I don't want to say I totally get it because again that's one of those things where I feel like I'm blatantly lying mm. and uh, <laughs> acting like I'm super smart um, that that's the one I actually I pulled that out of this library because uh, I have a, a real hard time trusting academic libraries. Um, I don't feel like they do version releases in the most trustworthy manner, because <laughs> it's a different, you know, different world. Um, so I ended up pulling some of the naive base stuff out of this library and putting it in one of mine, and then giving a, like the most simplified structure to it. I guess uh, it's called Cerebrum. So that's and, the name
1: of your library? Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
3: I was just playing around with some of this stuff because to me, there are certain parts of machine learning that are really valuable. Like I think the, the natural language processing is by far the most valuable of all things involved with machine learning, mm. but it's extremely convoluted and weird. And then there's what's, a, what's official and what's like patterns people are doing. I couldn't tell you which one is right and which one is wrong. Mm-hmm. but it seems to be gaining in popularity. And then there's lots of, uh, there's an API. I, I, I shared this with Eric at one point. There was an API I found that would let you do. Um, that, that, <sighs> are you talking about the one
2: that talked about the. The, uh, the attitude or whatever. Right. Of, of,
0: uh, oh, that's of uh, the, the sentiment analysis.
3: Yeah, that's a sentiment analysis. Thank you. Oh, that's it's, cool. The word is on the tip of my tongue. But sentiment analysis <laughs> is, portion, is a portion of uh, NLP stuff. Um, and what a lot of it boils down to, as far as I've ever seen, it's a lot of it's just like frequency analysis. You're looking at hmm. common terms, structures of those terms, and things like that. Um, uh, the guy who's doing the, the one bought the Laravel... Chatbot for Slack. Eve. Eve? No, nope, not Eve. Other one. Oh man, Freak? So, took my tongue. <laughs> uh, I'll think of it later. But um, <laughs> he was saying he's just starting to dig into NLP stuff and be able to offer that in his library, so that the uh, the bots will be able to analyze your sentence structure better.
1: Instead of just having it, so like you say, yeah. videos like in the. Um... Laricon online Slack chat the other day, like Eric set up that Slack bot. Anytime anybody mentioned videos, it would like just pop out that link, and so everybody started saying videos and filled up the entire chat window with <laughs> this response to like videos yeah, will be so out like, in one week. That's so a problem. Of, yeah, that's, so instead of that, it would take like what the person is saying and analyzing intelligently.
3: I, that's okay. what I mean. Like that's kind of the stuff that I've been playing with uh, in my own little side projects. Like I'm working on one where I want to. Let's say I want a movie. And I just want it to be downloaded and added to my Plex library. I just want to be able to say, I just want to text the movie title to my robot, and it should mm. just be able to understand everything about that. I mean, I could say download movie, but I'd rather just be able to just say the movie title. Um, but there's a lot of implication in that. And anyway, so... The, In terms of what I understand about machine learning, it's very slim, uh, to get back to the original stuff, but like one example uh, that I did think actually makes some sense is where you get into the prediction stuff, and so uh, I had it in my little library. You can say, for example, you'd go to the repository, and let's say you pluck um, the day sleep hours and active hours from a table. You'd be able to then pass that in as sample data and then if you gave it an array of numbers, you could have it predict which day of the week that is based on the day the sleep hours and the active hours because it'll look at the commonality between those as a pattern though, like as a sum of the parts which is different from just being like oh well, clearly it's a Monday because... They slept for four hours, and they sleep for four hours on every Monday. It's looking at the sleep hours and the active hours, and then saying which day might this be. Hmm. Huh. You don't have to look at the. Look, I got some docs on it, very minimal, but they exist.
4: Your your usage <laughs> makes yeah, you I'm sound actually... like a terrible person. Sorry. Your usage makes me sound like a terrible person because my project this weekend was actually to use this to, to generate a machine learning for guessing passwords based off of people's emails. <laughs> I was, I was going to take all the leaked email stuff that's out there on the internet and I was going to parse the uh, email addresses, break them down by domain, and then break them down by words, and then compare it all together to see if they have a common language amongst the type of email account that it is
1: Hmm, that's interesting so
4: like if it were if it were sunrise realty at gmail.com i would break it down to say oh this is a realty company and companies use password enforcement of this type Uh, you know Hmm. i mean above my head but not above the machine learning's head it could figure out for me if i can get it to parse Hmm. everything correctly
6: Starting Tom's doom and gloom early, I see. Yeah, yeah no,
2: definitely. definitely. Like I said, I'm a terrible Leading person. right into that one. <laughs> well, you are, Thomas, but, yeah. you know, I thought we had already established that. No, we all love you, Thomas. I
4: I, I would just ask <laughs> the CIA directly, but they don't talk to me anymore. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's those tinfoil hats, I think.
4: <laughs> I've been I've been accused. <laughs> to be
6: fair, right, they've never so... talked to you. They've always listened to you.
2: So Larricon, Larricon on on online, Lyricon you Larricon online. That's it. I'm a couple scotches <laughs> in. I'm getting Who attended? I did. Who attended? How yeah, was I it? Was there.
4: Of- it was excellent. Uh, it, it carried just like a conference in person, um, mm-hmm. and the chat system they used Slack for it, and Slack sort of couldn't handle that many people all at once. Um, a lot of people what, were, what do you mean, <laughs> well, it turns out there's a Slack command where it'll generate a theme for the Slack channel and it'll post it in really? the, yeah, it'll post it in the chat. So everyone was posting themes that were all gray. So the, the whole window just went gray. If you clicked <laughs> on their button.
1: <laughs> so, Oh, seriously, that's what those, that's what that was. Okay. Yeah. I saw, I mean, I've, I've never used that sidebar theme thing before. Um, which maybe that's machine learning. I wonder if that's machine learning. I don't know if it is or not. But like basically in Slack if you post like a string of six different hex codes, Slack will look at that and say, "Oh, I know what you're trying to do. You're trying to share a theme." So it'll let you click that and then it will set up your Slack window to use those colors. But I didn't I saw the gray ones coming through and I was like, "Those look those look dumb. I'm not going to use those." But I didn't but I didn't realize that when you clicked on them it would actually literally gray out your entire window. Yeah. Yeah, it was It was <laughs> oh, that's uh, funny.
4: Less dumb and more malicious. Yeah, but <laughs> but it was it was a well run conference. We got our uh, digital swag. The videos got released within I like less than twenty four hours. I think the videos are out right now. No
2: no problems no problems with the streaming because there there were a ton of people watching. Right?
4: None that I saw. I mean, I watched it from uh, uh, as much as I could. I like, three talks in. I think I got, and then I was on the replay videos. But yeah, it uh, seems to have worked out really well and. I think everyone enjoyed it.
2: What was the digital swag? Just curious.
4: Uh some like 20% off hosting or like free month hosting. Uh,
1: yeah, there's like Linode credits. There's like 50% off a Spark license. There's free 2 months of Algolia search, Docker videos, a free.co domain, 20% off Jason McCurry's Git series. Yeah. Free.co like probably, domain? Yeah. Yeah. So there's probably I don't know probably like eight or ten different digital cool. swag things. Yeah, it was pretty awesome.
4: Yeah, no
3: stickers though. Yeah.
1: Yeah. No stickers. <laughs> yeah, no digital stickers. Bummer.
3: <laughs> and those are called badges, I think. Yeah, isn't that's a good. That what yeah, Facebook good calls that's them? a
1: good distinction to make there.
3: I got so angry at Facebook this week, that, yeah. <laughs> Why is that? You know what? It's stupid, and this is this is something it has to do with all developers too. So. You know, um, I'm sure we've all had clients, they talk about, like, oh, it'd be nice if it had uh, a little tutorial sort of thing, so when you land on the app, it'll simply handle those, uh, the, the introduction to how this works. So if I've had the Messenger app for the past however many months, and you make some updates, I don't give a crap what those updates are. I don't care, Facebook. But you interrupt me from the ability to message a friend, and force me to have to tell your thing mm. to stop informing me about the new features? I'm like, come on. That's well, just mean. Facebook so Messenger annoying.
4: is malware anyways. <laughs>
3: That's
4: true. I mean, it is, it is technically malware.
3: Yeah, it's pure <laughs> spam. <laughs> uh,
4: it, it updates outside of the normal Google Play Store updating system. It has an open microphone. It spams your ma- notifications. It's, yeah, it's yeah. malware.
2: <laughs> the joys, the joys of uh, of Thomas. Hey, Thomas. Yes, sir. You put this. I'm I'm not a full stack developer on Trello board. What's yeah. what's that about?
4: Well, I keep getting these calls for for contract work, and they say, "Hey, we're looking for a full stack developer." And and it just occurred to me the other day, like I have, I don't want to be a full stack developer for somebody. I want to be a back end developer. That's what I want to do and so often i hear people say full stack as if that were the pinnacle of being a developer but it i'm starting to think about it more and more as the exact opposite it's like
2: no yeah full, full stack t- is just translates to we only want to pay for one person to do everything right that, yeah <laughs> yeah not, jack of all
4: trades anything. like full stack is yeah. full stack is entry level like yeah, you're gonna you're gonna work the register and mop the floors. Oh, no thanks. No, <laughs> oh, it's I mean there's there Google doesn't have a full stack developer who runs their their flagship products. They have hundreds of developers that are very, very specialized. And I it occurred to me that I, I shouldn't promote people becoming a full stack developer for anything other than their personal development, for their own stuff. If you're a PHP developer and you're learning how to tune Apache, you're learning the wrong thing right now.
2: Yeah, I agree. What about so Matt? I, I know a little bit about what you what you do professionally. Uh, Mike and Jacob, are, do you guys actually do hands-on coding during the day, or yeah,
0: yeah? yeah. Just just yesterday, for example, I was um, fixing some code because, and and I know you would listen to our other podcast um eric i don't know about your other folks but um i've been complaining a lot about google cloud platform and storage the last sort of month and a bit yesterday i found out the very very hard way that in order to filter search results on a storage bucket in google storage they don't use the key of filter they use the key of prefix so when i say give me all of the objects in this storage bucket called that that start with this string and it goes, you've given me the wrong key and it proceeds to delete every single piece of media in that bucket. Oh gosh, are you serious? You start digging and it's (laughs) it's kind of tricky to to like test that stuff in a in an automated way because you've got to, you know, upload and then I mean it can be done, but it means you're like literally waiting for your test to upload a file yeah, delete that really file. Impossible. Make sure the other files are still there. Like it's, it can be done. We fixed it now. But yeah, long long story short, I'm I'm on the tools a lot, uh, which I love. Like I don't, I really don't like sitting in meetings. I don't necessarily like getting involved with clients. I'll get involved with our PMs and you know things like that, and make sure that the requirements we're getting are correct and that we understand what clients want. But in terms of like my day to day, I like to just sit there with my headphones on and churn out code as much as possible.
2: Uh,
0: yeah, yeah. my day job is um, pretty code intensive as
1: well. It used to be literally all I do. Like I would show up, shut my office door, and work, just sit and code all day, which was awesome. It's uh, it's become a little bit less of that recently as uh, we've I've kind of taken on a junior developer, and so that's been. Um just kind of like a ramp up process, so figuring out how to get a junior developer from being a junior developer to like being a contributing member to the team. Uh, so that's been taking up you know some more of my time with like doing code reviews and a lot of um, pull requests and stuff like that, and figuring out when to kind of like bring him into what I'm doing so he can like pair with me on stuff. Um, so that's been taking up more of my time, but yeah, pretty much like I still do that very similar thing where I come in and um man we've got maybe like trying to think maybe like between 10 and 20 different applications that I've built and kind of manage so and the vast majority of those are all internal um which is great uh I get to control the the, kind of the entire development stack um uh, so that's really nice and and what they're consuming the web application on so the vast majority of my users, probably ninety-five percent of the the users that I have, are on the latest version of Chrome. So that's really nice to be able to kind of control that and mm-hmm. not have to worry about any of those other janky quirks and all you know some of the other browsers and things like that. Um, but yeah, I'm in I'm in code all day long every day. So it's that, that,
2: that was always one of the fun things about developing an enterprise as well is you really had complete control over end to end what your application how it was being used and what tools were using it
1: yep yeah so um there is one limitation in that like i have uh we have to run iis for some of our stuff but if you're not familiar with that so um it's like microsoft's version of you know nginx or apache or whatever it's their web server so it's kind of annoying um thankfully there's only a couple of our things that are on that the rest of them are on internal virtual machines that are running linux and are provisioned with forge so that's pretty cool. So we still use Forge and envoy internally, which is really nice. Um, but Michael, I was going to say, I had man, I'm going to like, I'm going to take some of the stuff that we would talk about on North South. Usually, we didn't have a show this <laughs> week, so it's okay. Yeah, uh, it's uh, fine. Was, You're fine. Yeah, you go. <laughs> I had a I had a similar problem with. Uh, so Michael's been dealing with Google Cloud storage, and I've been dealing with S3 stuff. Um,
2: I think the, the we, entire world's been dealing with S3 things. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> but even as you far as, move as like a very Cloud. similar a very very similar uh problem michael to what you had except for in the opposite direction so we were using prefix again to determine um uh to determine you know let, let people download a, a zip so it's really cool so you have like a bucket resource and then you have a key inside that bucket and you can have like basically subdirectories in s3 but if you're aware of kind of how it works there actually is no like directory structure like mm-hmm. as far as like sub trees everything is a key in s3 um, so there is no way to check to see if a directory exists in S3. So you can't say, Hey, I've created this empty directory. Go see if it exists. You can't do that. You have to actually create a file in that directory and then check for the existence of that file. So that was kind of a fun workaround. So now what I have to do is every file that I upload to a directory within S3, I put a S3 file in there. And so that's how I'm checking for existence across any of these directories. I just say, Hey, does S3 exist in this location? And if it does, then I know it exists. So the problem I had had was when you would go to stream a a directory of a bucket to a user, if you didn't do the correct prefix or the correct subdirectory, it would literally download the entire bucket. So it would say, oh, that prefix doesn't exist. I'm going to fail quietly on that. And I'm just going to, you know what? I'm sure you just wanted the entire thing. So it just starts streaming a zip of the entire bucket to whoever was requesting it. So that's a big bug, Ouch. I'm sure you can imagine. So yeah. I figured that one out before we pushed it to production and said, no, no, I'm no, you got to check for existence first. So that's why I did that dot .s3, so that was great. Um, <coughs> what I did not realize is that when you pass the prefix, the prefix in the, in the API it says, I will look for any key starting with, keyword starting with, mm-hmm. this prefix. So I had a subdirectory folder called four. And then I had one called 43 and 42 and 41 and 44 and 401. <laughs> and so I had certain users that are like, I'm, I feel like I'm getting zips from like other, this, is, I, this isn't mine. This isn't my thing when I go to download it. And it took me a while and then I figured out it was downloading four and 41 and 42 and 43 and 44. So it was taking all of those things that start with mm-hmm. four and grabbing them all and streaming them into a zip. You want to talk about a nightmare. You want to
0: talk about panic. Just tack a forward slash on the end of it. You'll be fine.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly what I ended up having to do. So I just needed to have have a forward slash on the end. And now it says if there's four slash, grab those. Which easy fix once you realize what yeah. it is but i was like yeah. i was in panic mode so i logged into the server php artisan down took the entire site down was like no we got it i can't, can't screw with this like this got everything's got to <laughs> go down so it took me probably 45 minutes to fix it like in a day of production middle of the day just took the entire mm-hmm. site down um, well
4: at least uh permissions in s3 are easy to work with <laughs>
6: that's been <laughs> yeah, another right. fun thing lately
1: too i've been working with that as well um I'll let somebody else talk because I feel like I've been talking for like 10 minutes. But we can talk about that later maybe. Yeah.
6: <clears throat> so we were dealing with a client today that has concerns around S3 and how how do we confirm that files are there? Because when it was down last week, um, they feel like they lost a bunch of files. So now we're trying to convince the client that you know we can't have duplicate files both locally and on S3. That kind of defeats the purpose. Mm-hmm. So S three can just be a pain in the yeah yeah
2: I thought I thought and I actually I thought I thought John was going to go another direction with that that a, a similar issue that we had with the client we learned today that uh, last week during the S three outage um, and this is what prompted that lost file thing is they couldn't we we were trying to figure out why they had lost files during the outage you know John and I were thinking well. The, the they're they're uploading through these mobile devices. It's like, well, the mobile device should have been told that the file didn't upload. And we were doing some research, and unfortunately, it's like one of the previous developers had the bright idea of, even if the file fails to upload, return a 200 code. Just give it the <laughs> message that the file didn't upload. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh man, that's man. so. Of course, the yeah. mobile developer he he's just looking for a 200 response. Yeah, he's like, oh, yeah. I got 200 everything's response. okay. So the file went up.
4: Yeah. Well, uh-huh. to be fair, S3 uh, is never down. Why would he expect a file upload to fail? No. Yeah,
2: that's Yeah, you're right. good. You're good. Yeah, they, 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 you're good for another 10 years. I, I think that's the last time uh, S3 went down. That's 10 years ago.
1: I was going to say something about permissions with regards to AWS stuff with the preface that I will probably be repeating this on my show later, but
5: <laughs>
2: we, we like scooping a- you guys. It's fine
1: yeah we had a situation where I had an API key exposed. Um, we actually upped, we uploaded or we pushed code to our GitHub repo, which is private, so no big deal. but I had accidentally left something in an env.example file that had an API key in secret, or a yeah API an S, an S, um uh, an S3 key in secret. And the problem was, I, you know, so you, managing credentials in AWS, you have to use these IAM credentials. I, I, can't even, I don't even remember what IAM stands for. What does that stand for?
2: Identity and Access Management. Okay, yeah, it's Identity IAM. Access
1: Management. Thank you. Yeah. yeah, so you know, basically what it had been was, okay, the way I had handled it was I have this resource that I need to access, so I have this one bucket that I created that I need to access. And so um, everywhere I needed to access that, I was using that set of credentials to get to that bucket. The problem was when that when that API key got exposed, now I had to go find all of the applications that were using it, and that's a mess. So I had to like go find the three or four different applications that were all accessing this bucket and swap out credentials for all of those, which was a pain, it was a huge pain. And so what I ended up doing, I was trying to figure out a sane way to manage this. So what I did was I, I had only ever used inline policies before. Uh, and so what I started doing was I started defining policies for each resource that i needed so like i create an s3 bucket i create a policy that allows access to that bucket and you can have different types of policies so you have like an admin one that allows full read write access all of that or you can have one that just has uh read access whatever so you define those policies then what i did is i created users for each application that i have so i have a legal application i have a forwarding attorney portal i have um, a tasks uh microservice so those three each three of those got their own um got their own user, which has its own credentials. And then I could assign those policies to those users. So in the case that an API key got exposed in the future, uh, I would just have to rev the credentials for that particular application. So in the IAM credentials, it's very clear which application needs to change instead of having my permissions be based on which resource i'm using it's now my permissions are based on which app i'm in and then i attach the policies to those applications to those users Mm -hmm. does that make sense so basically in the case that there's ever an api key exposed i generate one new set of credentials for the app that was being used update that in the env and i'm done that's it none of the other stuff is affected um, so that's the only sane way I've figured out To manage those IAM credentials And it's actually once you've had to do it a couple times It's you're very thankful for those credentials um, If the, if you have to do anything more Than just a single resource It's invaluable that you have access To kind of lock stuff down through now, there did, I
4: did you get notified by GitHub That you had a, a key In your ENV file there
1: <laughs> No I got notified By my junior developer <laughs> <laughs> he put in the pull request and was ah, like, "Ah, the junior becomes the master." Be. Yeah, exactly. I don't think this is supposed to be in you here. You were Jake. testing him. Oh, you yeah. Were just seeing if he was Yeah, yeah, attention. right, right.
4: No, the GitHub, yeah, good job. GitHub does have an algorithm that's supposed to check for keys that shouldn't be posted publicly. So oh, mm-hmm. that's cool. Uh,
1: I did not know that. Yeah, it,
2: it take it takes about a week or so for it to catch up. Wow, ah. Yeah,
1: what, just long enough for them to use the use the key to generate a couple buckets and and offload some cost, and then they're like, "Hey, you know." There's something in here yeah. you should be aware of.
6: <laughs> do they do that in private repos too or just public repos?
2: That's a good question. I, I would be curious to know if they do scan private repos the same way they do public. I I would guess that they don't, but I don't know.
1: Yeah, probably not. I, I bet people are like, if it's private, I can throw it up there. You know, obviously mm-hmm. it's... Because I want it everywhere. Yeah. I want to be able to release that way.
6: Yeah. Because GitHub never goes down. Um, right. <laughs> <laughs> GitHub never exposes your repos to no, other people. No,
2: no. I got a question for you guys. Uh, we just had Lyricon online. We got Lyricon US coming up, which I think most of the people out here are going to. Uh, looking forward to seeing a lot. So last year at Lyricon, I actually got to meet Jake, Jake Bennett. and we, we went to dinner. Our, not Jake and I, I...
1: It was very romantic. It was
2: awesome. It was dimly lit. It was yeah. very. Uh, You're lucky you lucky know, that I was I just, I in. right. We were a match. Yeah. <laughs> no, funny. but Jake Jake was having a, a dinner and Marcus Moore, uh, the the co-organizer of the Laravel meetup here in San Diego, was there with me uh, in Kentucky. And was like, hey, you, why don't you come to dinner with us? I'm like, yeah, okay, that that'll be cool. And it was probably the coolest dinner I, I'd gone to in a long time. I. Like, I didn't realize everybody I was sitting with at the time, but later I went back and kind of looked at the picture. I'm like, holy crap, I can't believe everybody that was at that dinner there. That was It was like one of these things I, I just totally stumbled into. I was like, this that was the coolest thing. That was a um, lot of
1: fun. That was really fun.
2: We've got to do it again in New York. At, I mean, I, I, I think that was a fantastic time. But we also have a PHP Arc coming up in May. PHP And tech. PHP Arc... Uh, um, yeah, PHP Tech is coming up in May, and PHP Tech did something interesting where they're releasing. They did a um, uh, financial assistance program for their conference, which, again, Laricon Lir- Online, uh, Laricon US, is not an expensive co- conference. PHP Tech really isn't that a- expensive of a conference, but a thousand dollars
6: isn't expensive. <laughs>
2: not compared to like IBMs which is like 3 grand i mean really But, yeah, yeah it's just just kind of getting you guys a feel for that like how do, how do you guys feel about this whole um, scholarship financial assistance approach to conferences
3: um i think it's a great idea it's i think it depends on the crowd that you're aiming for i think there's a lot of developers out there who who make a reasonable income and but then there's at the same time, there's the cost of the travel, there's the cost of hotel and food and everything else. And that can easily, you know, skyrocket a, a budget. But then at the same time, the, I like the idea of the assistance ones for people who are much younger in their career and they're looking to grow and learn and be involved in the community. Cause I think that's really important to keep bringing people in like that.
4: Now, I, I want to point out that this is this scholarship program is actually pointed towards what they, the, they would call underrepresented groups. So if you identify yourself in the scholarship application as a member of an underrepresented group at technical conferences, you get priority in the scholarship program. So it, it isn't just about the people who are interested and want to go but don't want to pay for it. It's about... It's about a sort of equality in the conference in general. Um, people who are lower income, uh, people who are underrepresented minorities, things like that, who who feel like they would provide by being at the conference as well.
2: Uh, um, I'll be interested to see how well this this works out for them, and, and I'm curious about. So th- I think this one's being sponsored by uh, Salesforce. So I assume Salesforce just says, "Okay, you know, we'll we'll cover." Five conference tickets or or something like that. You th- you think for a company like Salesforce that's probably nothing to them. So mm-hmm. it, yeah, the cost
6: be is really low that way.
2: Yeah, and and I think you guys nailed it. It's like there's so much additional cost with these conferences. Travel being the biggest is just just crazy. But we I, mean, I, I think it's a good good effort. Interested to see how well this works out for them. I
0: don't know. Maybe throwing throwing just the spanner like if you're going to charge and i know it's a three-day conference right if you're going to charge a thousand dollars for a conference i think at that point it may become a little easier to to offer the assist i'm not saying that there shouldn't be assistance i think there is certainly um people out there that that can't afford can't travel don't you know can't get the time away from family or work or whatever else i think it's it's great that they're doing it, but at the same time, you have to weigh it up against what it actually costs to attend that that conference. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah I mean I mean there were people as cheap as what Laracon online was. there were people that couldn't afford the $10 ticket. Um, so you know there's it, it depends on you know who, who you're reaching out to and, and how far you know they're going to fly someone from overseas over is it just going to be like US based? how much they're going to do that? Um, you know, obviously, I'm coming over from Australia to to the US for Laracon um, in July, and that's you know that's a trek in and of itself. But you know, we're going to make a holiday of it because you know last year Are I was you sort sure of, Trump's going to let you in. Well, you never know. <laughs> it depends on if he sees my Twitter or not. <laughs> well, but but the theory is, you know, we're we're part of the visa waiver program in Australia, so theoretically, you should be able to get in. But You know, as you say, you've got to factor in all those travel costs, and you know what else you're going to do while you're there, and how
3: long. Um,
0: But yeah, I think I think it has to happen.
3: Even even coming from Canada, and I mean, like I'm I'm not even like the West Coast or anything like that. Like, but even to fly a small plane from Toronto into New York for two people is a thousand bucks. What? For there and back, seriously. You gotta remember oh though, crap. we're talking. It's, that's international. That is a that is a yeah. national border we're crossing. So.
1: And they charge you more because it's an international flight.
3: I, I'm assuming so. I don't know enough wow. about Air Canada, that's, but that's insane. But that's Canadian. Like Canadian flights are not nearly as cheap as they get to be in the states. And a lot of times, I've got friends who are like, "Oh yeah, well, we're gonna go out to the west coast," so they'll drive down into Buffalo and fly across well, from it Buffalo because it's yeah. way cheaper. Mm. Yeah, And I mean, like the last time I went to New York, I drove there and this conference I'm driving, which is like about seven hours if you don't drive crazy fast because it's just going to be way more relaxing and, and way more yeah. affordable than flying yeah. in and flying back.
1: Man, by the time like by the time you go to the airport, get through security, wait and whatever, it's practically seven hours. I mean, not yeah. it's probably not that long, but still. No, you know. I agree
2: with you. I think I think it is about that long. I I I, I travel off to Arizona a lot from San Diego, so I go from San Diego to Phoenix. It's about a six and a half, seven hour dr- drive to where I have to go, and I've done the math, and I've flown that before, and even flying it. By the time you get get to the airport, get through security, get on the plane, get taken off, land, all that, you've you've burnt up six hours. It's, yeah, it's,
1: and then you're going to pay how many more hundreds of dollars to take a plane, right?
2: Right. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, I
4: I did some looking around at this. If that, if you got that conference ticket for free, and you wanted to take a Greyhound from San Diego to Baltimore, and you wanted to stay at an Airbnb, you could pull it off for under two hundred and fifty bucks.
2: Wow. Why would you? Why would you go to Baltimore? That's where the conference is. Which conference what are you talking about? No.
5: It's
2: it's in Atlanta. Atlanta. You'd be very lonely in Baltimore. <laughs> 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 Poor
1: Thomas. He's
2: Thomas just trying is to just get sitting down
4: Starbucks in so, Baltimore. <laughs> so it would, just get, it would just get cheaper then. I'm saying it's yeah. If you if you're not living in the lap of luxury, if you're not living in a, a nice hotel for the time, if you're not flying, mm. uh, you you can cut your expenses. Down. A
2: Greyhound from San Diego to Atlanta does not sound like a fun trip. No. Nah, that
4: sounds miserable. But $190. bucks.
3: i have actually, I, I really enjoy Airbnb. I've had nothing but good experiences. I've never done Airbnb. I
2: can't bring myself to try Airbnb. I want to try Airbnb and I just can't do See, it.
3: See, I was lucky. So the first time I got to try it was on my second trip to New York. Um, my girlfriend and I, we were staying there because she was doing co-op. Uh, with a uh, a fashion designer there, and so I was like, "Oh, can I work remotely for a couple months?" And they're like, "Yeah, go ahead." And I'm like, "Yes." So uh, we literally just hopped around f- from place to place with Airbnb because even in like and as well in New York they have a restriction on how many days you can actually stay in a place before you're considered a, a resident because of the rent control and everything. So mm-hmm. we got. Uh, We started staying with a girl who was actually one of the HR people at Facebook and then she ended up having to kick us out because she found out that her rent was going to get messed up if we kept staying there. So then we went over to Long Island City and stayed there for a couple weeks and then back into Manhattan again and it was just like it was fun because you're jumping around but it was actually really affordable and every host that we had was just wonderfully kind. And it wasn't weird? No. Most of them have a nice kind of setup for you. I mean like and in in Canada here, I mean, I've gone up to uh, uh, Ottawa and just stayed in Ottawa for like four days, and that was amazing because it was a um, it was uh, what was it fifty bucks a night, okay for four days. Wow! And yeah. the the space that I had was a chef's kitchen and little bedroom connected to the side. I guess the person was a retired chef because the 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 <laughs> the oven was like an eight burner oven gas fire, like the works, right? And I mean, I'm like, the main reason I wanted to do Airbnb there is so I could control what I was eating. I didn't have to go out for food all the time. It was easier to cook and stuff like that. So for me, that was the best possible deal. It's cheap per night and I get to cook.
6: My, my only experience with Airbnb was my in-laws coming into San Diego. They, they booked a place that was literally like 10 doors down from us. And in the ad, it said that they were 420 friendly, and <laughs> Josh. they they had no clue what 420 friendly meant. So, my wife's my wife's brother got on the phone. And I'm like, "Do you know what that means?" and, and explained explain it to him. They canceled right away. <laughs> all
4: right, so we've That's we've right. got some uh, what I'll call non citizens here.
2: Let let me let me prepare them. They, Thomas, they know where this is like, going. It's like you know, you've got to be nice to people. <laughs> well, not, nobody listens to the show, so nobody—not necessarily anybody—knows about your doom and gloom segment here. So oh, everybody oh, want to brace themselves a little bit. <laughs> All right, Thomas, we're uh, about fifty minutes into this. I'm I'm going to give you. A, we got about ten minutes to. I know we got a big story to talk about, but it's your time. This you you had a gotten a boner when you saw this come across the wire. Oh line. no, not at all. <laughs> Let's hear it.
4: Here's <laughs>
6: Tom's Doom and Gloom.
4: This, is, this isn't my Doom and Gloom, though. Let's this hear is it, actually, Thomas. This is to me. This is fine. This isn't Doom and Gloom. The Doom and Gloom is is the fallout from all of this. But uh, I think by now everyone's heard of Vault Seven, the CIA document leak.
2: Let's assume yes. people listening to the podcast have it. Why don't you Why don't you give a brief brief synopsis of what well, it was.
4: WikiLeaks dropped? Its biggest stash of CIA documents ever uh, this week and just the first part what they're calling the first 1% of their year zero the contents of it was just a list of the the functionality of all of the CIA's snooping software and vulnerability exploits for televisions phones uh, all that kind of Internet of Things stuff and you know I, I watched a late night shows where they had people talking about it and said this is crazy the CIA is listening in on my on my phone and on my Samsung TV and that's like that's not what this is this is just a list of the tools that they have this is not a disclosure that they're using them in any way illegal which to use it against a citizen without going to a FISA court is illegal but Michael uh, you're not a I, citizen. I'm bracing myself
2: this is this this is <laughs> this is a new... No, he's not. Well, neither is Matt. Michael
4: and Matt are not citizens. And no. the the thing that they keep saying whenever they talk about this, when I say they, I mean the CIA, is this isn't for use on Americans. We have to get a warrant for that. This is for use on the rest of the world. Also, we don't have to get a warrant for that, and we don't even bother. We just tap the rest of the world. How do you guys feel about that, that there is no restriction in any way on the CIA on who they can wiretap, as long as they're not a U.S. citizen. Uh, Michael goes first. Uh, if,
0: if, if they think there's anything interesting going on here, they've got another thing coming to them.
5: <laughs>
0: and I'm, it, how does this work? Because I spend my time speaking to people in America. Does that mean that they can't tap me because they might inadvertently tap Americans? Uh, no. Or, does that, or is that just like a sneaky way of tapping Americans? They're
4: allowed to inadvertently tap Americans without a warrant.
6: Yeah. They just have to. They have to cross out names and
0: anything that identifies the, the person. They're in supposed America. to.
4: They don't well, have to. They actually
2: store to. the records. in I'm plain surprised text.
0: Thomas is still on this hangout.
2: <laughs> well, I, so so the bigger question is hold hold on. So I I have two two parts to to this story. The bigger question I have, and the 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 one that I think a lot of people lose sight of is, if these are techniques and exploits that our government is aware of, why do US citizens think that it's only our government that has that ability? Yeah, it's not. It's like, you you think there aren't other governments in, in this world that are doing the exact same thing? Russia. Us? I... <laughs> yeah, exactly. I wouldn't
4: be surprised if, if there was a story that said 90% of devices have been compromised I wouldn't be surprised because data
1: I've got a buddy who's got a brand new Google Pixel he put black electrical tape over the front absolutely. facing camera and I'm like dude what are you doing it's and not he's the camera like, that matters it's the government, microphone
0: government's watching me I'm like are you no, why did you buy that phone but knowing that the government is watching you here's, with
4: it. here's the question for you what is Facebook's value come from advertising, advertising which is generated Selling by the, the user people. data so China, which also has these tools and techniques and acts as a corporation, could easily just gather everyone's data and decide that China's new business model is to sell American data. It's entirely it entirely plausible. Now, there's...
2: So I, I said... I, you, you, said ahead, you said this is my time. This is my. I said I had two <laughs> things, Thomas. I, I said two things. I only said one. Now I got Fine. the other one I want to it. talk about. <laughs> no, no. So what I was going to say is this: this is the crutch of my where I, I start to get frustrated with our government, personally, and the way they police technology. Every, everybody freaks out about surveillance and lack of privacy, and people are watching. It's like this is nothing new. This has always happened. This ability has always been there. It doesn't matter what technology we're using or how advanced it is. The government is always going to formulate methods to, for surveillance. They're not supposed to su- do surveillance on U.S. citizens. We we can always have that debate on when they do it, when it's allowed, when it's not. The part I start to get frustrated with, and I, I've said so many times before, is the exploits, for example. they They had knowledge of these exploits, and they did mm-hmm. not protect us as U.S. citizens against these exploits. They chose to keep those exploits in place in the event that they wanted to use it on some foreign citizen, let's mm-hmm. say. That's where that's where I start to break down. Because that's like saying we we would never tolerate our police force saying, Well, we won't actively protect you against crime, but if somebody breaks into your house, call us, we'll try to figure out who should investigate it and maybe we'll go in there and look for it. You know, we wouldn't tolerate that. And but we tolerate it with technology Uh, the the u.s government from uh, trying to protect us perspective they're very hands-off and they have tools in place and they have the knowledge in place to protect us to make the internet safer to make it more secure and they choose not to because they're trying to use it to their advantage they're playing around with these loaded guns and hoping that they don't accidentally shoot a u.s citizen yeah you could hoping another country doesn't do it
1: no, I, have, I was going to say, you could argue too that they're trying to make the internet more safe by keeping these exploits in place so that they can do more monitoring. You know yeah. what I mean? So it's kind of like, it's two sides of the same coin, right? <laughs> so, like, um, I have this ability you could to say spy that, but you would be people. wrong.
3: No, okay, tell us Okay, my turn. Go ahead. Sorry. Because <laughs> we're going to go so far beyond time because I can tell you guys are getting. That's really what we but do. Anyway, uh, audio, two audiobooks or, or books um, that you can read or listen to, uh, like me. Um, Dark Territory: The Secret History of Cyber War. Brilliant, 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 brilliant. Um, it's by Fred Kaplan. Uh, I listened to that last year at one point. That offers a considerable level of insight into kind of the origins of a lot of the stuff and kind of how certain things were stumbled, certain techniques were stumbled onto and why some of those practices are still maintained. Uh, And another one, which I also thought was interesting, is Who Controls the Internet? Illusions of a Borderless World. Uh, It's by Jack Goldsmith and Tim Wu. Um, That one talks about a lot of the... uh, It's actually China's control point of, like, uh, internet actual browsability and stuff like that, and uh, uh, various other details. The reason I suggest, you know, listening to those or reading those is because... Unfortunately, I still feel like a lot of security knowledge is still only snippets, and we we a lot of people, regardless of what country, we all get into these giant bats and 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 it's like fear mongering because we only know snippets of the bigger perspective, and so when you can actually try and get more of that general perspective of things with more details on the whole, it it helps kind of temper a lot of that.
4: Absolutely. Mm-hmm. You have to, you have to know point. to protect.
3: Precisely. And, I, and I, it was interesting, too, because in, in the one by uh, Fred Kaplan, the Dark Territory one, he does talk about a lot about how, um, especially in relation to the way uh, the U.S. was uh, dealing with some of the other countries' attempts at nuclear manufacturing. Let's call it manufacturing for lack of uh, terms. <laughs> it was interesting to hear about um, some of the rationalities behind a lot of it and how it was just maintained. It was almost like it was started on some perspectives, but then once that train starts, you know, driving, trying to stop it is a whole other ball game.
4: Now, okay, so so on this note. Since we're running low on time, I'm going to zip through the rest of the information here because I know that in the in the public eye, a lot of this information is getting lost. But there are three types of exploits that are involved in this leak. The exploits. Are you holding a rock? Uh, I'm holding a hearth. <laughs> yeah. I'm holding a hearthstone, <laughs> a squishy hearthstone. It's
2: a, okay, it's glowing.
4: <laughs> uh, there, there's exploits that were discovered by CAA and then further uh, extrapolated on. There's exploits that they paid people to insert into their own software. Uh, There is evidence that they have reached out to corporations to intentionally compromise their own software. And there are exploits that they went to third parties to have created. So there are a list of companies that created these exploits for the CIA. These companies might not necessarily be American. Uh, As as Matt is pointing out here in chat, Cisco was a company that was approached to insert...
3: uh, the I'm not mistaken
4: code.
3: Don't, don't totally quote me but I'm pretty sure Pretty much did Just just did yeah. it right there
4: <laughs> So Cisco, Cisco's on the list of bad guys We all know that uh, <laughs> Now what's interesting is As Eric was saying you know, It should be our government's job to patch these holes To make these corporations aware of things that could be exploited And prevent US citizens from being the targets Of uh, foreign nationals Maliciously um, but instead, Wikipedia, or sorry, WikiLeaks has stepped up and said, no, th- this is what we're going to do. We released the information. We did not give the specific technicals on how these vulnerabilities are exploited. And we will work with any company that wants to work with us. So if, if your company is listed in the list of exploits in this documentation, give us a call. We'll give you the technical details, we'll give you the breakdown of when it was discovered, how it was discovered, and how it's exploited. And we'll do the job that the government should have done for you. So I'm I'm really excited about WikiLeaks stepping up and saying we're not just a document leaking company, we're not just a document leaking site. We're a site for the people. We're a site for making sure people are protected by what it is their government is doing. So, I'm I'm excited about that. Personally, oh, I see I see Eric has moved the topic off of the current discussion. <laughs> so,
2: that's no, we were just talking about it. It's okay. It. I have <laughs> two other Doom and Gloom
4: articles on the list.
2: No, dude. <laughs> we, got, we got people. It's like 1.30 in the morning for some people here, man. <laughs> That's it, man. That's why everything's got moved back. We'll, 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 we'll get back to everything. We'll get back. So I, I wanted to... I did want to take a couple minutes here at the end. And thank, uh, well, thank everybody for joining us today. This was this was a treat for me. I I am so excited that I finally got the opportunity to get all you guys on the show together. This this has been a a lot of fun for me. I I, I enjoy it a lot. Uh, I especially want to thank uh, Thomas, John, more Thomas than John, but uh, hey, hey,
4: hey. oh, you're you're still here, Jesus, for the last year.
2: For the last year and putting up with me and and all that, that's been fun. I I, I did want to put together a quick little uh, clip of um, like our highlights and play it during the show, but there weren't any, so I didn't. <laughs> 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 I but uh, what, so what I did do, if anybody's interested, uh, you know, if you listen to the show at the beginning of the show, we usually have a little snippet of something that happens during the show i took all those snippets out and made them one long stream and I'll, I'll attach it to the end of this show it's about it ends up being like 15 minutes and it almost sounds like it's its own show it's really weird <laughs> but uh, i'll be sure to attach that to this show uh, at, at the end of the show you don't have to worry about listening to it now but again thanks for <clears throat> thanks for the last year you guys I, I appreciate that i i don't know if i have it in me to keep doing this every week but uh, I definitely, I definitely enjoyed doing it, and we'll we'll what? see how uh, see how I'm, I'm, it finally,
6: I'm finally back and available to do it for the next year. Now you're no, I, think he's, on I you? think he's trying to no, unload you, it you on can,
4: you.
2: You can replace me. That's it. You
3: can replace me, man.
6: <laughs> There's no replacing you.
3: Well, I I know of these two guys who like to pick up podcasts at random and just keep them going. So. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, I mean, they, ha- they
4: have half yeah, the intro why do, why done. Do it's had true. Do the intro? They, don't, they don't know it yet. But They're <laughs> picking this one up.
2: right. That's what you guys should. You guys should try to do the intros of all the PHP podcasts that you can do. Just yeah, at just least have ones. like
1: We're actually launching a new service. We're actually launching a new service at Laracon this year. It's uh, called Adopt a Podcast, and we'll just take over. It's as a, take over a podcast as a service. Um. <laughs> pretty good
4: that
2: would be awesome we're gonna have
4: to get shirts and stickers for Maricon. okay
2: so
1: yeah uh,
4: yeah
2: i am gonna get stickers uh, did you see these uh north meet south guys they they got they got swag now they got I shirts know. and everything they're, they're putting us to yeah, shame and you they haven't bought good. it i know i know I, i'm so i was super annoyed after I like you guys that
0: much. Yeah, well, i, I, think I you don't do. want to
2: encourage you guys too much <laughs> well.
0: you know the, the really <laughs> annoying thing was after i I set up the campaign and did all the designs. I I launched the shirts and people I got a couple of people say, Why is this shirt not available in medium? As it turns out, American apparel has gone bankrupt. So there's again. no American apparel yeah again, yeah. so there's no American apparel to Act- go around. So I'm going to have to before we do our next our next North Meet South, I think, figure out what the next best kind of quality shirt is and then Gildan. try yeah. and do that. Gildan.
3: Uh, Gildan is the country, or it's the country. It's the company in Montreal that actually bought American Apparel out, if I'm not okay. mistaken. Um, so,
2: is that how you out. guys did that? Uh, you guys did a campaign? It was, was it one of those things where after a certain amount were purchased, it, it triggered?
0: Um, so, Come Teespring now gives you the ability to either do like a three, a five, a seven, a 20 day, 30 day campaign, and then it will do a, a mass um, ship but they've now got this thing where you can do like a rolling three-day campaign. So it means that people can just keep buying it whenever and then they'll just ship it every three days. So whatever's been bought after three days, they'll ship it, which means it, the merchandise gets in people's hands quicker. Nice.
2: Oh, okay. So so it's not dependent on a certain amount being sold. It just involves, <clears throat> they'll just do the shipments?
3: Yeah.
0: yeah. So, I mean, you can set targets, but if you don't hit that target, um, they'll still ship whatever was sold. It's just... The target is for your own benefit so but yeah we'll have we'll have swag this year again we'll have stickers and um those stickers last year were like we ordered them what was it on the the tuesday before laricon jake yeah i had them
1: shipped to the hotel (laughs) yeah that we were going to because it was like so last minute we're like should we get some stickers like yeah let's do it okay um we've got should have had them in yesterday okay so we'll just ship them to the hotel so we got them when they were, they were waiting at the front desk at the hotel when we got there. So we broke nice. into them and split them up nice. and handed them out like did, they were cocaine.
2: Did, uh, that's did, right. did, did Michael uh, ever tell you, Jacob, I stalked him on the, uh, on the flight home?
1: <laughs> no, he did not tell me that.
2: <laughs> I, I saw him come on the plane. I'm like, Hey, that's, that's a guy from North Me-S- I didn't, I, I really didn't know that much about you guys at the time. And I'm like, that's that guy from North meets South. And, I'm like, well, I'm going to tweet him. If he, if he replies, I'll, I'll oh introduce my myself. God. And, you know, we were on the plane. And he, I guess, he, I guess he yeah, I'm a dork, so Thomas. You know this
3: about me.
0: He says he doesn't I like us that much, point. but he was absolutely starstruck. He just couldn't bring himself to speak.
3: <laughs> I, I once sat down in a coffee shop across from a guy who had done the news, the Toronto news for years. And I was like, I swear, I didn't see him directly. He was over to the right of me. And I'm like, I know that voice. I know that voice. So I started tweeting to him. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm sitting beside so-and-so. And he tweeted back. He's like, oh, my God, I'm sitting beside Matt Lantz. And I was
2: like, oh, my <laughs> God. <laughs> you see, Michael didn't tweet, Michael didn't tweet me yeah. back. He went radio <laughs> silent, man. He, hadn't, he wasn't well, I didn't have any show when I, I was over
0: there. So I, I wouldn't have got that until I was in DFW. Deleted his account, dyed his hair. And see,
2: now, now, now yeah. listen, listen, Thomas. Th- Thomas is trying to be all, all, all tough and everything. We went to Lairicon. He comes running up to me. He's like, "Eric, Eric, Eric, there's Jeffrey Way. Go over and say hi. Let's go. Let's go in." I'm like, "The guy is eating lunch. I don't he's care. He's eating man. lunch let's go at eat the com. Like, no,
4: he's <laughs> eating lunch the- at the commons at the conference, talking to a bunch of other people." Eric says, "No, no, leave." Yeah, the guy Eric was says, eating no, lunch. Eric says, "No, no, leave him alone. We'll get him after that." You know what he does? He eats his lunch, grabs his backpack, and exits the building. Gone.
1: Jeffrey Way is a ghost. You know why? He's a ghost. <laughs> That he dude. Is, yeah. If you see him at a conference and you want to say hi, you better say hi when you see him. You will never see him again. He's he's in and out. Oh. I don't know. He doesn't, really, really, like, he doesn't, really, doesn't really like him and Tyler uh, crowds. Are the same
5: person.
4: Ugh. It's a fight club situation. <laughs> <Hey>. Taylor. <laughs> Taylor, not Tyler. It's, Taylor. Taylor. it's, like, it's a fight That's club fine. situation. Have you, yes. have you
0: ever seen the two of them at the no, same time? I've
4: seen him at the same conference, <laughs> but one walks off stage, the other one walks on. It, it's
3: See I thought they were both <laughs> robots out of Westworld very possible and they've just been
0: but programmed creating. programmed with Vue.js, though. i just
4: i like how i like how taylor is taylor is the aggressive straightforward programmer defending facades at the cost of everything and <laughs> thankfully the thankfully the fight with facades is over now as he as he mentioned at laracon online until next time but uh yeah and then jeffrey is is relaxed and wants to walk you through the ide and how to use everything correctly and here's best practices they don't have to be your practices they're my practices though and a oh, man it's there they are too they're too far on the opposite end of the spectrum to be friends they have to be the same person
2: this is what i put up Every with week day. after week you guys see why i'm going crazy all right, we're going to wrap this up. It's way too long. We've kept people up way too late. I want to extend my appreciation to everybody who showed up. I, I, I do appreciate it. Um, yeah, that's it. Uh, you've been listening to episode 52, One Year of PHP Ugly. I'm Eric Van Johnson. I'm Tom.
4: I'm John Conway. Oh just have to butt in there. It's, you know there's an order to it. I'm Hi. Tom Rideout.
0: Exactly. There's an order to it. I'm Jake Bennett. I'm Michael Dorinda.
4: And I'm Matt Lotz.
2: Keep it ugly. Keep it ugly.
6: Thanks, everyone.
5: Thanks for listening to this episode of PHP Ugly. And a special thanks to our sponsor, Diego Dev Group. If you are looking for developers who care about the code they create, the communities they build, and the solutions they implement, then you want to reach out to the Diego Dev Group. You can find the Diego Dev Group at www.diegodev.com. Links and show notes from this episode of PHP Ugly can be found at www.phpugly.com. You can follow our hosts on Twitter. You can also follow PHP Ugly on Twitter at phpugly. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Play Podcast, or SoundCloud. If you like what you hear, then please leave us a rating on iTunes. Until next week, keep it ugly.
4: No, we're going to need some uh, intermission music now. So, let's all go to the kitchen. Yeah, yeah. No, it, it it was part of the prenuptials with my my wife, you know. It's a it's it's her responsibility to make me aware of my hygienic state.
2: Take out all, take out all the dead air. <laughs> Which is pretty much all us. The <laughs> yeah, then then we just don't have a podcast. You want to do intros? I'm always doing intros. You want to try to do intros? What's what do we do for intros? I don't know what you mean. Do you do you listen to the f- podcast?
4: Uh, negative Ghostwriter. The pattern is full. It is tax season. We do we jump straight from April Fools into you know? But seriously, you do owe six thousand dollars. Pair
2: programming because I, this I is don't something pairs th- should program. <laughs> what the hell are you talking about? Apples and oranges only. There's only. Fruits that can program pears should not program.
4: We're we've now we're now judging how far in the podcast we are by how drunk <laughs> Eric has gotten. Hey, welcome, to PHP ugly. Looks like I'll be taking the I'll be taking charge of the North County meetup that we run here. Oh, really? Yeah, had I mean, a clue about that. That's what I've been told by the two of you. It, it, is this a hostile takeover? <laughs> uh, it it won't be <laughs> more until... like a
2: surrender. Is willing to surrender, John.
4: No, it doesn't get hostile until the third or fourth beer. Yeah. Did anyone in this, in this uh, podcast read the article?
2: I read it. I just told you what the hell it was. It was a search engine for the freaking documentation. I'm done trying to do any work with you guys. <laughs> I'm talking to my agent in the morning. That was yeah. a lot of conversation about nothing. <laughs> about
4: no, not, not nothing. Not about, nothing. Cause nothing mm-hmm. is something. It's the yes. lack
2: of anything. And I gotta tell you, I'm a little concerned about PHP Ugly. Because I think this is two shows we've gone now where we've actually talked about all development stuff. And I'm going to have to try to find something funny in there to post at the beginning of the show. Because it's getting harder and harder to do. We're getting, yeah. we're getting too serious. Yeah. We, should, we can drum up, some,
4: drum up some drama to talk about next week.
2: Have, have you tried putting a dick butt uh, emoticon lately, John? I have not. Yeah, yeah, we fixed that.
4: Did you? No, no, because you've made it a far more subtle problem than it used to be. Because it used to just be a dick butt, but now it's a flower. And every time you see the flower, you think to yourself, why is there a flower? Ah, oh, damn it. Well, he... Of course, it's a flower.
6: Now I got to go look. <laughs> yeah, so you've, so you've we're, only we're...
4: made me
2: stronger.
6: So we're alluding to we had a custom emoticon for dick butt.
2: We did, yes. And and it got abused by certain people. We're not going to name names here tonight, Thomas.
6: I'm John Congdon. Hey, everybody, I'm John Congdon.
2: What's going on? How are you? I'm John Congdon. I'm
4: John Congdon. I'm Tom Rideout. You've been listening to PHP John Congdon. And I'm Tom Rideout. Question mark greater than.
2: No.
6: Just, come on. You don't use ending PHP blocks anymore.
2: But since when? Were you gonna say something, John? No. Well, good feedback there, buddy. He's very, very busy with this putty We're so happy we, we brought you on the show. Also, I, I think I just it. I think I just found our the title of my next podcast. Showcum presents Coder Boner. <laughs> coder boner with show that's better coder boner with shokum that's that's my next podcast title <laughs> i don't i
4: i don't know what podcast you're gonna tie that to but that is terrible coder boner that is
2: that's awful guaranteed awfully good so you you you
6: added this topic what do you want to talk about
4: i didn't i added this topic to the the, the ideas list not the next show list who added it to the next show? How,
2: how did it end up in uh, discussion? I don't know. We can, cut, uh, we can cut all this out. But
6: no, that's nope. fine. No, you know Thomas did it yesterday at six twelve p.m. I love audit logs. <laughs> oh no! <laughs>
2: <laughs> He's right. I'm totally looking at it. <laughs> oh jeez.
4: Oh god, what did I do?
2: Tonight, PHP Ugly is brought to you by Logovan. Well, well, you, you gotta win. do A podcast Do it with Lagavulin
6: We have the Laravel upcoming meetup too That I know Eric is gonna miss I know I'm gonna miss it too But why is that? for different reasons My Mine reasons don't matter
4: Eric why are you missing <laughs> just, <laughs> just the non The non-contribution you bring to the podcast Really excites me <laughs> Use a password manager. Use a password manager. (laughs) Damn it. (laughs) For God's
2: sake, use a password manager.
4: (laughs) We could call it uh, PHP Pretty now that John's gone. Oh, wait, no, he's the pretty one. He is
2: the pretty one out of the three of us. Yeah, John would be the... You know, if all three of us went to prison, John would be the one in trouble he would be the one married before Emilia
4: as as an agoraphobe, it makes a lot of sense to move all the good conferences to San Diego so we can we can say that we are the internationally renowned PHP ugly podcast i guess so we've, we've been listened to in Russia China and Uganda
2: this open source initiative hey code.gov when you go to it do you see what the background is yeah it's all php yeah. <laughs> how awesome is that it's well, wordpress it's, it's wordpress that's horrible yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god it's wordpress we've made some bad decisions here what yeah you... <laughs> god I, I hope they don't sue us for doing this podcast yeti mike comes to us and like listen dude seriously <laughs> you're making us look this bad. is not what we're f- talking about with this mic, man <laughs> what the hell this is what you come up with? Phil, he will be in a fetal position crying if you say he's wrong again, I can guarantee you.
4: Yeah, if I'm wrong again, I'm burning that shirt. See, now I'm wondering what it was that drove us to get together and, and start a podcast. <laughs> 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 we just Are we just three assholes who looked around and are like, what are these other idiots doing? We need to tell them how
2: to do this right. <laughs> you know, I took personal offense. I took a personal offense from you. When I was talking, you told me to mute. <laughs> I'm like, wait, I'm the one talking, Thomas. I'm, try- I'm, I'm going to try to rescue this show before uh, before I give up on it. <laughs> <laughs> Are we allowed to start
4: over? <laughs> yeah, the, I think the rest of the sentence was, It's we've been doing this six months and I'm pretty done with it. <laughs> Has taken information from 500 million accounts. Um,
2: Which state? <laughs> was it Kentucky? They, I have a feeling it was Kentucky. They haven't said
4: uh which is an interesting thing because when you declare that a state sponsored hack occurred the first question is which state. And they they're not saying. I'm the guy who's been fertilizing the tree for 30 years.
2: That is a horrifying image. I I was, I, I was sudden... thinking
4: like with with dirt in a shovel. <laughs> I didn't I wasn't going in the direction you were going with it, but
2: Okay, yes, that green thumb. I don't want to know where the green thumb has been, ah. Thomas. You fertilize your green thumb so- on another podcast. Yeah, you actually have to so- solve two two little challenges before it uh, lets you even sign up. I thought that was fun. I'm hoping to get signed up sometime. <laughs> by- <laughs> I was just gonna ask, <laughs> when are you gonna get there?
4: You're an hour uh, late. We've no, been no. here. No, I blame Eric. Is Eric a new brand of beer? <laughs>
2: <laughs> do we have doom and gloom music for me yet? We need it, huh? Yeah, here, I think. I wanna, hold on, hold on. Let, let me have a little intro here. Dun 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 dun. Tom's doom and gloom. Dun dun. That's the best I can do for you. All right,
4: we'll get that. We'll get that professionally wrapped at uh, some point. Because you really think that's why? I coming? have no idea that why people be... are coming to us. We have. Way too many listeners for for what I thought we would be doing. It's starting to stress you out, isn't it? No, it's starting to stress you out, no? which is hilarious because I I to me it's just a number I on a page. I'm I'm so used to dealing uh, with fake data that I assume everything I see on on websites is just randomly generated data. <laughs>
2: oh, that yeah, new that no, new no, Laura Mipsum podcast I, is great. I don't drink a whole lot.
4: That is I not a week's like, worth of wh- damage.
2: No, no, it's not a week. As a matter of <laughs> fact, I don't think I I don't think I touched it since our our last podcast. I the podcast seems to drive me to drink more. I'm usually fine through the week and then yeah. when Thursday rolls around and about seven o'clock hits and I realize I have to do a podcast with you, I just start drinking heavily.
4: Yeah, I, I don't know is what that, it is. I most people I talk to it's only in a drinking situation. <laughs> so I think it's something about my personality.
2: Uh, it's, it's it's my feelings for you, Thomas. They confuse me. I don't. Confuse and I don't anger. <laughs> <laughs> I want to punch you, then hug you, and then punch you again, then embrace you deeply. Yeah. What are we talking about? I'm going to put you on the spot because you hurt my feelings week after week. What did you think of last week's show? Did we have a show last week? My feelings. Our editors went out of their way to fulfill your requests and you can't do them the same Oh simple my god, they did listening to the My God, man. I mean really. Well <laughs> Yes, they really did. Not not only did they fulfil your request and they must listen to the show because they did it.
4: They did it without your prompting?
2: They, they sent me multiple copies of what? the show with with and without the music in case I wasn't happy. What? I wasn't particularly happy with the music that they put in there, but they made the effort to do it, so I kept it in there. Oh, my God.
4: I apologize See? to our editors. I will absolutely <laughs> put aside time to listen to my own show. You
2: know, I was I was thinking about something earlier today, and I'm like, what was I thinking about? And I'm like, damn, that and Donald Trump is President, this world's going crazy. Oh, uh, the Mets! The Mets! The Mets! What are you talking about, the Mets? Well, the Mets you... winning the series. Oh my God, dude! What am I going to do with you? Think through. For... You know, I I would almost be upset about it if I. I think the thing that obsessed me the most is I know you're not a sports fan, so the fact that you got that wrong because the sports reference is acceptable, but I do know you're a movie buff, and the fact that you can't remember <laughs> the, the movie reference is kind of infuriating. It was the Cubs. The Cubs yeah, won the it's a talent. It's turkey day, man. <laughs>
5: it's turkey.
2: Be a happy turkey. Don't think be a sad turkey. Those, think of all those dead turkeys. That's when a huge. Part of my week is anticipating this one second in my life and figuring out what extra thing I'm going to do with it. I'll, I'll probably watch porn. Yeah, that's usually what I do with my extra time. So yeah, I don't care. It's an extra second, whatever. You know, if I have yeah. extra time, I'm watching porn. That's what I do.
4: Mandelbrot fractal calculation.
2: Oh well, you didn't say it was a Mandelbrot fractal calculation. Now I have absolutely no idea it's what you're fractal. about. It's a
4: fractal. It's drawing a fractal.
2: Okay. You're a fractal. You're I am a fractal. Of my we, existence. Well, we all
4: we all technically are. So It's
2: kind of cool. We're getting a little momentum. Getting mentioned here and there.
4: Yeah, I think I think uh, metastasizing is more of the appropriate term. We're
2: like a tumor. We're just,
4: we're, yeah, we're just we're, infecting other people's
2: coverage. <laughs> we're growing in the loins of PHP. We're like <laughs> we're like uh, testicular cancer of PHP. That's yeah. who we are. That's that's how
4: I like to think of myself. <laughs> It's just, just a pox upon society. (laughs) I have, I have an excellent little end of the year holiday GitHub account for you to look at.
2: Are we featured on that one?
4: No, no, this is a good one.
2: Oh, okay. Another quality uh, list that we're not on. That's, that's great.
4: (laughs) It's on GitHub. We can add ourselves.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Oh yeah, we can. We can open a pull request. Can't we? All right, go ahead. Let's, what is
4: it? Let's see who, Let's see if we actually get around to that.
2: Michael, 2017 is to see how long I can go without shaving. This is the most facial hair I think I've had. Facial hair and head hair. Like, this is the most hair I've had on my head, I think, in probably 20 years. Yeah, I haven't had a meet-up for almost not sure two months. I know. I'm debating what I'm going to do here. I'm debating if I'm sticking with this look, which my family seems to enjoy, just because it's so unusual. Or if I'm going to just go back to everybody expects me to look like... <laughs>
4: If if it makes you feel any better, our expectations are very low. Your user group.
2: The one you abandoned. I didn't abandon it. Do you go to it anymore? Do you help run it anymore? Do you try to find presenters anymore? Do you do any talks anymore? Technically, technically I'm not allowed in the building anymore.
4: We had those charges for
2: You know that. Like a dozen (laughs) ads up there, man. I saw them. (laughs) I was terrified. I'm like, holy crap. Dude, people want my socks. Natural. I don't know.
4: I don't know why. I don't care.
2: They're paying good money for them. <laughs>
4: yeah, Canada's calling out to you. It's the the maple syrup.
2: I don't think uh, I don't think we'd have a lot of resistance from the wife right now about the idea of moving based on what's been going on here. I heard.
4: I heard they're building a wall though to keep Americans from coming in.
2: Hmm. So all the way back to
4: Vagrant Homestead.
2: No, Valet. Well, Valet is Vagrant. No, it's not valet is, is no it's not yeah it is no it's not stop saying yeah it is when I say no it's not because you're defeating the purpose of me saying no it's not
4: you better edit my previous statement out you want me to I'm edit be, that out I'm, gonna be, so, I'm gonna be so mad <laughs> I'm gonna be so mad!
2: But I just explained all this work. I can't edit it. Making now. me
4: look like you're making me look like an <laughs> idiot.
2: So, so you sit there talking about all this privacy stuff, then it's like, no, I'm not using that chat client because I got a chat client, and I'm using Google Hangouts. do I'm not using another chat client. Oh. Privacy is important.
4: Xanax is a an amazing drug and really does its job. <laughs> I won't be going to Microsoft anytime soon. Uh, <laughs> sir, I understand you just bought a license. Listen, there are people out there who need support. And They're huge. I have to be. They're huge. Yeah,
2: No, not, listen, no, no. Having a Microsoft VM <laughs> instance. And, and, listen, Thomas I know right. you nope, have Thomas a Microsoft right. desktop, Calm buddy. down, Spicer. You're getting red. Faces. <laughs>